This is Shi'ar Jashub, which in Hebrew means, A remnant shall return. Hi, this is Patty Scalzo, and I would like to welcome you today to our Bible study broadcast from the Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. My husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, is currently teaching an in-depth series entitled Heavenly Authority. So let's go right into the Sunday service and listen as Pastor Greg ministers the Word. Let's uh, pick up our study of the time of the Judges in the book of Judges chapter 18. And we'll continue to look at the Ephraimite named Micah. And for obvious clarification, this Micah that we read about in Judges chapter 17 and 18 is not the prophet Micah, from whom we have the wonderful book of Micah. This is a different man. Uh, that prophet Micah is from southern Judah. This man is from Ephraim. Uh, and there are obviously many men named Micah in Israel's history. Last time, uh, in chapter 17, we saw the spiritual perversion of this Ephraimite named Micah, along with his mother, having a molded image and a carved image made supposedly for the Lord, and having a shrine in his house and other household idols, and having an ephod like the one that the high priest wore at the tabernacle. And then he takes, he makes his son a priest. And then he has this wandering Levite. At this point, the Levite is unnamed. We just read he's a young man. He's a Levite who he takes him in and he pays him to become his father and his priest officiating at his household shrine. And Micah himself consecrates this young Levite to be his priest. And we said how everything became mixed up in Israel, how it was chaotic and spiritually muddied. Micah is making a montage of all the different beliefs of the people around him, a little of Yahweh, a little idolatry, a little paganism. It's a form of godliness. It's a form of spirituality, but none of which is ordained by God. And we ended up last time in chapter 17, verse 13, then Micah said, Now I know that the Lord Yahweh will be good to me since I have a Levite as priest. How confused, how mixed up to think that God would bless that which was totally opposite from what Moses gave in the book of Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. Remember, at this time, the time of Micah, the time of the judges, it says back in verse 6 of chapter 17, In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Okay, let's, let's pick up in chapter 18 and verse 1. In those days, there was no king in Israel. And you notice the reiteration of the point. The writer of the book of Judges tells us this over and over. It's a, it's a background against which this chaos and apostasy is happening. There is no strong-handed central leadership 
or central authority. In those days, there was no king in Israel. We saw last time that the tabernacle should have provided the central worship. But the individuals in their relative freedom refused to make God the king of their lives. And with the lack of the strong-handed central authority, this is what's happening. In those days, there was no king in Israel. And in those days, the tribe of the Danites was seeking an inheritance for itself to dwell in. For until that day, their inheritance among the tribes of Israel had not fallen to them. So we read about the Danites. They're looking, they're seeking to get an inheritance. To that day, their inheritance among the tribes of Israel had not fallen to them. You know how Jacob prophesied about his sons. And we want to speak a few moments about Dan, about this tribe. So let's go back and look at that prophecy in Genesis chapter 49. In Genesis chapter 49 and verse 16, Jacob says, Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. And remember that Samson, we read in Judges chapter 13, Samson was a Danite. Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a serpent by the way, a viper by the path that bites the horse's heels so that his rider shall fall backward. I have waited for your salvation, O Lord. Jacob's upset by this prophecy when he says, I have waited for your salvation, O Lord. About Dan, that he's a a snake, he's a serpent, he's a viper by the path. An unusual prophecy to have about his son. That's the start in Genesis. You go all the way to the end of the Bible, the finish, and you look in the book of Revelation, and in the book of Revelation, in chapter 7, when the 144,000 are accounted for, 12,000 from each tribe, when you read of all the tribes of the children of Israel being sealed in verse 4, verses 5 to 8 give you 12,000 from the tribe of Judah, 12,000 from the tribe of Reuben was sealed, etc., etc. But Dan is missing. The tribe of Dan is missing from this list. Instead, you receive the 144,000 by re-adding Levi, as well as maintaining two tribes for Joseph, one for Manasseh and one for Joseph, which we believe is equivalent to Ephraim. And again, you have 12 tribes. But Dan is taken away. So there's something interesting about this tribe of Dan. The territory that was allotted to Dan in Joshua chapter 19, when the different tribes are allotted different parts of the promised land. In Joshua chapter 19 and verse 40, you have from verse 40 to 46 the seventh 
Lot came out for the tribe of the children of Dan according to their families. And it lists the territory that God wanted, the inheritance he wanted for this tribe of Dan. It included towns like Ajalon, which was in the lowlands west of Jerusalem. Ekron, which we spoke about as one of the chief cities of the Philistines. Timnah, on the western border of Judah. Elteca, also west of Jerusalem. Zorah, in the lowlands of what would be Judah later on. And remember, Zorah is where Samson is from. So it included the west central part of Canaan, west of Jerusalem, and the territory stretched all the way to the Mediterranean Sea to Joppa. And Joppa is an important city. Joppa is also listed in verse 46. It's the seventh lot. And you would expect it because of number to be a holy lot, a special lot. And you have this central position of their apportioned land west of Jerusalem over to Joppa. Joppa is on the Mediterranean Sea. It's an important seapost. It's the only natural harbor on the Mediterranean from Egypt going all the way up to Akko, which is just 25 miles south of Tyre. So from Egypt almost up to Tyre, the only natural harbor you have is Joppa, and Joppa is in the area of Dan. Joppa today is called Jaffa, and it's a suburb of Tel Aviv. So you see how important this prime area was that it goes west of Jerusalem all the way over to what's Tel Aviv. A central place, a central prime position they were supposed to have in Israel. The Danites, however, weren't able to conquer much of the territory assigned to them. In Judges chapter 1, Verse 34, And the Amorites forced the children of Dan into the mountains, for they would not allow them to come down to the valley. So often you would have the Amorites keeping the Danites confined up in the hill country of Ephraim and Benjamin. And we saw with Samson how much of the territory of Dan overlapped or bordered the Philistines, the Philistine territory. And we know Samson started the deliverance of Israel from the Philistines, but it wasn't completed. It was a start. The tribe of Dan is unable to conquer completely, or even significantly, the territory assigned to them, and they never live up to the promise or the calling of God for them to have this central position in Israel. Uh, At the time of the judges, the judge Deborah, Dan was among the tribes uh, that were least supportive of Deborah and Barak. In the Song of Deborah, after the defeat which we studied of Sisera and Jabin, the king of Canaan, Deborah asks in her song in chapter 5 and verse 17, Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan. And why did Dan remain on ships? or that could be translated, remain at ease. And it's one of the tribes that did not involve itself, that did not come and gather to Barak 
in his great battle. Certainly with the Amorites pressing them up the hills and the Philistines at their borders, the tribe of Dan didn't have it easy. And sometimes the way to the place that God calls us to, the life he wants for us, especially if it's a special place, especially if it's a prime position that he wants us to, the way to it may not be easy. There can be many enemies trying to stop us. The devil may send many demons against us. The circumstances may make victory seem impossible. We might be huddled up in the hill country, afraid to come down and assume our rightful place as the tribe of Dan. How should we react? If the way is hard, if that which God wants us to do is difficult, but the results can be very rewarding because it's a prime place he has for us, what should we do? How should we react to it? How did Dan react to this seventh lot that was given to them? Let's see the road which many of the Danites chose. This is a good point at which to leave the sermon. It is always a source of joy to hear from our radio listeners. So if you have any comments on today's study, please send them along to us. Our address is Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. Again, the address is P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Please join us for the next broadcast of Shear Jeshub.